Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. Matthew chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. Then Jesus was approached by the Pharisees and scribes from Jerusalem who asked, Who do your disciples break the... Uh, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they don't wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, Why do you break God's commandment? Because of your tradition. For God said, Honor your father and mother. And whoever speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. But you say, Whoever tells his father or mother, Whatever benefit you might have received from me is a gift committed to the temple. He does not have... He does not have to honor his father. In this way, you have nullified the word of God because of your tradition. Hypocrites. Isaiah prophesied correctly about you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines human commands. And here in this final portion of the text, this verses 8 and 9 of chapter 15, he has just quoted Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. So here, Jesus, again, just overtly describes his own ministry as a fulfillment, get it, of what was prophesied in Isaiah. So stay tuned for more as our next series is going to go through Isaiah. I hope you, I hope you see these bridges where Matthew is fulfilled in Isaiah, and then Isaiah foreshadows Matthew. I hope to have a whole lot of overlap. Uh, between these texts, just like there was a whole lot of overlap going from Ruth into Matthew. I hope there's a whole lot of overlap between Matthew and Isaiah to see that these texts all written, you know, uh, centuries apart from each other, even in the case of, of, of Isaiah and, and Matthew or even Ruth as well, that they all are one story, that they're all one collective word of God. So in some of your translations, you might see the word korban, okay? Uh, that was a word that would refer to something given to the temple that then could not be given to your parents. Uh, if your mom and dad were hard up for money, they would look to you for it. But if, if uh, these Pharisees and scribes from Jerusalem would give that gift to the temple, it was labeled korban, meaning it was given to God and so it can't be, it cannot be given to Sorry, Mom. Sorry, Dad. You're just going to have to go hungry. You're going to have to go broke. That was a practice. That was a tradition. And as a result, Jesus rightly calls them out for their failure to honor your father and mother. Okay? I mean, that's Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. That's one of God's commands. Or whoever speaks evil of his father or mother must be put to death. Whoa! It's got nuclear, all right? That comes up twice in the Old Testament text. In Exodus 21, 17, whoever curses his father or mother must be put to death. Okay, Exodus 21, verse 17. Wow! Leviticus chapter 20, verse 9. If anyone curses his father or mother, he must be put to death. He has cursed his father or mother. His death is his own fault. Wow! Man, the standard is high in the Old Testament law of God. These guys claim to adhere to the law of God, and yet they would curse and neglect their own moms and dads because of a tradition, a custom that was never God's idea, that was never prescribed in the law of Moses. Korban. This is something that, uh, you know, what, what, what might have benefited you, um, 
what you might have received from me has instead been given to the temple. They've come to Jesus because they're angry, not with the disciples' lack of hygiene. Okay, in verse 2, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? That's the real point of the question. For they don't wash their hands when they eat. <laughs> Ew! Don't get, like, don't get stuck on that aspect of it. It's not that they lacked hygiene. When they say wash their hands, they're talking about, they're talking about this whole elaborate ceremonial custom of washing their hands. It wasn't that they lacked hygiene. The Old Testament law even, you know, gave the, it basically gave an Old Testament ancient recipe for soap before there was soap. This was not about a lack of hygiene. This was, a, this was not something that was even prescribed in the law of Moses. This was a tradition. That's even the way they describe it in verse 2. Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? Be able to discern the difference between a tradition and God's word. A preference and God's word. A custom and God's word. It's critical. Absolutely critical. These guys couldn't tell the difference between what was just customary and what their forefathers had passed down to them as a tradition and what God actually said to do, to the point that they mingled the two. Don't mistake your preferences and your inherited practices for how church is to be done for how God said church is to be done. This includes musical style. This includes liturgical preferences, the order of service. This includes numerous other things that I, just this is a long litany. I can't even begin to, uh, to begin to enumerate any kind of personal preference. I would rather the worship center look like this. I want an American flag up there. I don't want at least this many hymns per weeks of the year. We've got to have communion every third Sunday and we got to, and we got to make sure that we uh, sing Sandy Patty songs uh, at, at 92 decibels at 93, we're all going to hell. But 92, that salvation friend right there, that, 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 that's the word of the Lord partner. All right. Like, Know the difference between how you would just rather church be done and what God actually said about it. Because the moment you begin to enforce your preferences and your traditions and your customs onto church leadership, you begin to echo the critique of the Pharisees. Why are you breaking with tradition? Jesus' response was to call them out for their own hypocrisy. They noticed that the disciples didn't go through the rigmarole and the gesticulation that was required to be able to come in and just eat. That was not something that was ever prescribed by God. That was, a, that was an elder tradition, just a tradition. And then Jesus' response is, why are you breaking God's command? They asked a petty question compared to Jesus' very important question. Their question was, why do you guys not observe our traditions? Jesus', Jesus question is, why do you disobey a command of God? The way they disobeyed a command of God is they invented for themselves a technicality whereby they could leave dear old mom and dad out to dry. Verse 6, he does not have to honor his father. In this way, you have nullified the word of God because of your tradition. Man, future generations of the Redemption Church should, dare I say it, drums one day go out of style. It's like unthinkable to me, all right? Like I was a professional drummer and my bachelor's degree is in drumming and, and I've been, I've drummed for you know, 95% of the services for the Redemption Church. But should one day you be looking back at these ancient archives, the original devotions and the, the foundational teachings of the Redemption Church, 
and should in your context, in your day, in your era, drums just no longer become, you know, something that's pertinent to musical practice. I can't imagine it. They've been around for millennia now. But for the sake of experiment, to make it as personal to me, all right, the, the, the founding pastor of the Redemption Church as I possibly can, because <laughs> I love good aggressive drumming, should drums not be something that you guys need in your future worship, right? Do you have it straight from me? Like, who cares what I would prefer? I'm the, the planting pastor, right? I run alongside Pastor, pastor Mike Smith. Right? He's my associate pastor with the founding elders of the Redemption Church. And I'm, I'm confident I speak with Pastor Mike. We don't care what instrumentation you guys use in the future worship ministry of the Redemption Church. If you're watching this, you know, uh, you know, a century from now and I'm long dead and gone, like, oh man, like I, good grief, I have fed my wife and kids with the money that I've earned from drumming over the years. And I, I have worshiped God wholeheartedly from behind my drum set. But I don't give a rip if you use drums in the future worship of the Redemption Church because there's nothing in the Word of God that says you have to. We are a church plant, which means that our oldest tradition at this point is only a year old. But I know that as the years go by, history will repeat itself in that you'll come upon some well-founded traditions and they'll become customs of the Redemption Church. And they'll be the things that we've always done. And there's nothing, there's nothing that, that biblically prescribed it. It's just how we did things at first. All right now, unless there's something within the Redemption Church, like for example, communion, <laughs> like that is prescribed by Jesus. Please don't do away with communion. But when it comes to preferences like this, with the drum set in worship, there's nothing, there's nothing biblically that prescribes a given instrumentation, unless you're gonna be really legalistic and ancient Hebrew about it and use the harp and the lyre and the cymbal, the cymbals are prescribed in Psalm 33, verse three, it is said to play skillfully, but there's nothing prescribing the instrumentation that goes along with the music. See to it that you don't fall for the same trap as the Pharisees and examine your own heart, right? Make sure that you're not the old codger at the church that is trying to insist upon your own preferences as though they were gospel given when the organ wasn't invented for centuries after the biblical event. Right, when your preference for the way that things go, the signage outside the worship center, the color of the carpet, whether it's called an auditorium or a sanctuary or a gathering space or whatever it's called, like make sure that you don't become the old codger that is insisting upon your customs as though they were on par with what God actually said because you end up inadvertently echoing the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 15, verse 1. Meanwhile, the greater issue, here it is again, take the plank out of your own eye, they were giving false teachings and dishonoring their fathers and mothers. They were, according to Exodus 21 and Leviticus 20, deserving of execution. They nullified the word of God with their traditions. Watch out, watch out for this. In verse seven, Jesus goes further, and uh, we'll talk more tomorrow about what verse seven means. But for now, see to it that we don't mistake our preferences for something that was inspired by God. Future generations of the Redemption Church, whatever it is you're using to keep time in the band, do it to the glory of God.